Hey, today we are talking about... I don't know, today's show is inspired by a country song. And aren't all country songs inspirational? No, not all of them, certainly not. But I realized this morning when I heard that song come on the radio that like, this is... This is exactly where I want to be, and I don't, if it isn't supposed to be this, too bad, so sad, because this is, this is what I want to do, this is where I light up, this is, I would, I would do this forever, and plan to. Let's go. Welcome to season three. Um, I would love to tell you that season three is full of so many twists and turns and craziness that's going to come in. And honestly, it could be. But this podcast is my own personal journal of escaping from what I deemed a life that wasn't really fit for me. And that started in season one, rooted in the fact that my dream had died and I didn't know what my goals were in life anymore. And as we've walked through the valley of what that looks like and everything encompassing, we've been recording. And so I'm excited to be going into season three. I don't know what's in store for us, but I can tell you that from season one to now, every day feels a little bit better and a lot more aligned. So I'm excited that you're here. If you're just finding this today in season three, um, you can go back and find all the past episodes I started at around the age of 30 recording this podcast um, every weekday, working through this really painful point in my life. And we're just starting into season three and I'm excited to see where we get. It's a whole lot of entrepreneur, creative vibes that are going out into this world. And the more that I get to experience that, the better that I feel. So gear up, load up, and let's all go out and change the world however that looks for us. But more than anything, let's forgive ourselves for our dream dying and start getting back to rebuilding after that. Hey, welcome to the Death of a Dream podcast. This is a, I like to just (laughs) keep talking about exactly what this is because mm, in order to do anything at all, you gotta do it a little bit different, right? And so there's a chance that this hasn't existed before. This is really taking podcasting and applying it as more of an art form versus a marketing product. And that's not to say that this isn't, uh, 
It's a very interesting concept, isn't it? Okay, let's go ahead and ground ourselves in our greatness. Talk about how amazing we are. I'll go ahead and lead by example for all of us. And you can follow and say all of your great things out loud to yourself, to someone else, to no one else. Maybe you just write it down, but maybe you have a personal self party that no one can deny. For he's a jolly good fellow, for he's a jolly good fellow, for he's a jolly good fellow, and nobody can deny. That's us. We're amazing. We're so amazing. In fact, people might sing a song about it, and we might just write about it, think about it, talk about it, bring and attract more of that as a result of this practice. At the end of the day, what if it doesn't? Well, you'll probably still feel better about yourself. <laughs> so let's just do it. <laughs> um, my great thing is mm, raising amazing human beings, just good humans. Yeah. And I know that I'm doing this because I see how they're showing up. And that's not to say that they're flawless in this. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that my kids are better than anyone else's kids. But like, self to self, right? Me just looking at my life and the kind of humans that I want to be responsible for bringing into this world, I feel like I'm on track. I feel good about it. And I think that's really the most that you can ask for. And that's not an everyday thing, but for the most part, I feel good. And it, it's, it's so amazing to see yourself and have these epiphanies in your child experiencing their life. And my five-year-old yesterday had this moment, had this situation where she was challenged by another kid that she had come to love and respect and um, care for. And in that moment, she had a chance to react as any normal five-year-old would and return the hate, or as she described it, this is how she described it. You know what, dad? Because my husband was like, why don't you just punch the kid? And she said, dad, that friend just has energies that sometimes get overwhelming in his body. And so I just, I just breathe. And I was like, hold up. I don't know where that's coming from. That awareness, that ability to breathe. I know for her, it was really hard. And it was hard for her to understand. And I felt myself in this same struggle. It's hard to understand when you are 
giving and and generous and loving and you see people's lights, it's hard to understand when they bring darkness into your stratosphere, right? And she maintained her vibration. She didn't break down and say, okay, fine, I'll go there too. You know what? I loved you and I saw all of the amazingness in you so much that I can even describe that very gracefully to my parents after the fact. She didn't. She was just like, this is a moment. This is a reaction to a situation. This isn't a reaction to me. And I'm going to just breathe through it. And it felt like, same. Like, everything in me wants to fight to understand why someone is showing up the way that they are. And it could be as simple as how Baylor described it. The energy is overwhelming. And so sometimes it just all comes out at once. Right? And they just pick rather unspecifically whoever's around them. It could be anyone. And her ability to maintain her consistent narrative, her consistent vibration, even through that, right? And especially when you're little and it's confusing and it's even more hurtful than it would be probably to an adult. Because Baylor's understanding of the world is that everyone is light. And that used to be my default as well. I'm getting closer to it, trust. (laughs) But it takes time to heal those wounds. Right? And her understanding is that everyone is light. Everyone has goodness. Everyone is goodness. And so it's very conflicting when someone shows up as the opposite, especially when there's someone that she really believes in and she really believes in everyone. And so it's really hard to understand when people sort of come at the light that she is. And I get that kiddo. Totally. And so I just thought, how amazing I also thought how challenging to protect a human like that, right? And to know that she's going to experience these blows throughout life and maintaining that light and frequency is extremely important in this experience. And allowing her to find spaces where that is needed and allowing her to navigate the truth as she sees it in these situations. She's not always going to get it right. And this is just 
one example. I'm sure there have been examples where she didn't show up as that, but I thought if there was ever proof needed, that's one example. And hearing the teacher explain how calm and loving she was throughout the whole ordeal was just, I think, one of the feathers in a hat that a parent doesn't often get to collect. And if good human is officially my measure, then I'll take that feather today. And I proudly wear and learn from this experience, not only from how important it is to help my daughter keep coming back to that light, um, but also how important it is that I understand that I am similar to her and these lessons are applicable to my life as well. And at the end of both of our days, our higher vibration frequency is of utmost importance. It is our natural being. Our natural being is seeing and celebrating the goodness in each human. Having an intrinsic ability to do that. And not letting ourselves be brought down by people who are showing up in opposition of that. Still finding a way to just breathe through it. And still find the light in each human. So that was a fun little ordeal that definitely brought a lot more light to my life than expected. And I find raising children to be one of the most crazy things that I've ever done. But I also find that it is where I find the most Beautiful examples of humans in their natural form. And the best is parts of me in my natural form. And seeing how maybe that used to play out where it's not so natural to me anymore, but seeing it in its natural state. And this was a great example of that. So go ahead and take time for yourself. Recognize yourself for your great thing. I'm going to go ahead and put a feather in my hat for a good parent award. I must be doing something right. There are a whole lot of things that contribute to the wholeness of a child. It is not just me. Um, but I'll also go ahead and recommend that you take any feather you can get. Because there are seasons. Entire seasons of featherless pursuits <laughs> ahead, behind, everywhere. So I'm going to go ahead and stick that one in my hat. That is not to say that it won't be plucked out tomorrow, but I'm going to take this as a win today. 
So this morning, and I've heard this song before, and I have probably hinted on it before, but I wanted to do an entire episode breaking this thought down because yesterday I was deep in the work of this book. Yes, the book that everyone's like, geez, are we going to talk about this forever? Yes. And we will talk about the next book forever as well. But it's sort of hard to (laughs) create something that hasn't been created that you've never done before. So, so much of this is learning curve and understanding how to do this work and we'll get better at it. There's a chance that we'll have a whole team assigned to us next time. (laughs) And the results of that will be this beautiful new existence. But prior, you're just kind of working through it, right? It's just kind of a thing, a painful thing. And so the song, I think it's Luke Combs. I might be wrong. I should definitely check with some country aficionados that I know, like maybe my sister-in-law. But I think it's Luke Combs. And (laughs) he sings this song, If I Wasn't Doing This. And that song hit me the first time that I heard it because... He goes on to explain how, like, even if he hadn't made it big, he would still be right here on small stages, doing what he's doing now, doing what he was doing before, because he just loves it, because he couldn't imagine his life without it. And... That really is dream work. Those were things that I had written off in life before. Like, there's nothing that lights me up like that. And I was feeling rather unsatisfied with life because of the lack of that experience. And I think only because I had had the ability to experience that. Had I never tapped into something that gave me a rush like that, I don't know that I would have been all that excited about pursuing this dream thing. But since I had felt it, I felt a lack without it. And really, that's where the story picks up. The death of a dream is speaking to that lack, speaking to that gapping hole in my life where I was missing. I was missing. And... When he went on to talk about that, I, could, I couldn't <laughs> even not have the song hit me directly in the face, even if I had wanted to, even if I had ducked like too dang bad. It is hitting hard on your soul and you feel that. Because I often get asks, asks <laughs> when people take time to sit down with me, like, what if this doesn't happen for you? What if what if your book only sells to your family and friends? And I stumbled across a notebook the other day, which I thought I thought was just extremely powerful. And it had said, I want to be the one to save 
my friends and family from misery, from suffering that we don't deserve. Like I know that we're these beautiful humans that are supposed to do all these things in this world. And I just think we've been told a lie and I want to be part of the work. I want to do the work that saves all of us. I want to start the wave of change. And so my response is typically like, I don't, I don't know what this work is for. I just know that it feels better out and I know wherever it's meant to go, it'll get there. And like, honestly, when I first started, there is not a soul who would have bought my book. So the fact that my family members and friends are even willing to buy the book at this point feels pretty dang good. <laughs> and so that's where I lie. And now getting to do even more of this work, like yesterday, oh, oh, like there's so many beautiful things that exist now that can kind of connect you with professionals that can help you bridge gaps that put together a professional product that would be hard to piece all these things together without those things existing. And so I did a post yesterday talking about like how thankful I am for things like Upwork, which connected me with an editor and things like Fiverr, which have connected me with book cover designers and layout designers and keyword expertise and planner designers, all these things that I don't have to take time to learn because they already have, they can put it together. And all I have to do is sort of get it in a place where it's packageable so they can deliver on their expertise. And so yesterday I had the chance to sit down with the book do another final edit and pass. There were a couple of chapters that were a little preachier than I liked in the second and third round of edits. And so I got a chance to sit down, reformat, re-establish narrative in a couple of those places. And I'm telling you, as I laid that out, as I had a chance to produce and rhythmically align chapters and <laughs> sections. And it, it was like living the art all over again. And I had this moment of, if I, if I wasn't doing this, I'd still be doing this. If, if this never becomes anything, I'd still choose this over anything else in life. This is the most amazing thing I've ever experienced. I, I get to put words on paper and I get to show up to a microphone every day and I get to just talk and think and explore and wonder out loud and whether this stays something that lives up in a corner of my home or it explodes and expands on stages all over the world. If I wasn't doing this, I'd still be doing this. I, I am doing this. I am still doing this. I, I am expanding and finding new ways to do this. And 
I can't imagine anything else I'd rather be doing. This is it. And if it reaches the hands of anyone, if it reaches the ears of anyone once, twice, or 200 times, that isn't really the goal, right? The goal is just doing this. When I initially started, I remember you're supposed to pick one thing that you're going to focus on, that you're going to take action on. And so I picked writing and I, I loved writing and I loved exploring words, but the writing just wasn't coming. And so, right, the one goal was to write five books, which I don't remember that number. Right? Like, that's silly. That's crazy. What is that? How would you just come up with five books? You haven't written any books. Why five? Seems extreme, but that was just the number. And right below that was I speak every day. And then it's like, every day? That seems extreme. You don't speak at all. Why wouldn't you just start with once a week? And why wouldn't I? I don't know. I was just given those things. It felt like speaking from the clouds, like a higher power came down and just handed me these perfectly crafted goals that I was supposed to keep writing down. And I wouldn't figure out a way to write five books initially. And so I figured out a way to speak every day. And there's nothing that lights me up like this. And me and Luke Combs, maybe we'll hang out and sing that song together sometime. <laughs> we certainly won't. <laughs> if I wasn't doing this, I'd still be doing this. Something like that. I don't even know if those are the right words, but I'd have a, a Friday night band of my buddies. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, I should actually know the words and not do what I'm doing right now, but I'm just doing it. <laughs> I don't know. Yesterday, getting to bring the book further, having conversations with book designers, talking about the layout, putting together the layout, organizing the table of contents, organizing the book, doing that. And this is one of the things that I love most about myself is that like, I can't, I can't teach or explain or, or build something that I'm not able to build myself. So like, I love design. I think that that's so cool. And I'm artistic, but oftentimes I like to hand over 
what I've taken as far as I can take. And so often when it comes to creativity around my work, it just takes me a long time to get where I wanted to go with it. And someone could take that in a millisecond and turn it into something beautiful. And so my only job really is to put it in a place where someone can interpret and create because I realize I'm just too close to it to interpret it in that way and to bring it to life in a way that from a lens that I couldn't look at it from and oh my gosh I'm just like as we get even closer to bringing this to life, it feels like time is going in slow motion. It feels like everything's just lining up as it's supposed to. And I know that I have all of these things that are coming to fruition that are so powerfully being magnetized at this point uh, that it is blowing my mind. But I think that's one of those instances that I I couldn't know I there's so many things that have to happen right and he, he talks about in the song I was I'd be earning my keep or paying my dues selling burnt CDs right and that's essentially what I'll be doing paying my dues selling self-published books and and speaking on stages and just doing the work out of pure love of doing the work right podcasting and then creating and just bringing art into the world because your soul would be lost without it And my form of art and creativity is different from some. But aren't we craving that? Something different, something new. And every part of me wishes that I could just write songs or poems or draw or something that's a like easier, more understanding art form, <laughs> but it's just not who I am yet. Or it isn't what I've explored yet. And I think there is no limit once you start walking and working in the lane you feel passionate about. The expansion comes over time. The light releases and creates more. And you'll find the thing that you do, even if you weren't, in quotes, doing it. You'd still have to do it. You'd have to do it. Like I have 
to write this book and bring it to life. And, and I have to sit down and edit it because it's, it's one of the most beautiful things I've ever done. And I, I feel so good about what it is. And I don't know where any of it will end up, but I know I'll be sitting on a corner dealing self-published books. I'll be podcasting. I'll be writing and blogging and expanding on the topic of dreams until the cows come home. If I wasn't doing this, I'd still be doing this. And I still am. As always, you're smart, you're strong, you're beautiful. What are you going to do? Change the world. Hey, thank you so much for listening. If you're still here, go ahead and check us me, it's just me, out on (laughs) all of our socials. I post every day, uh, post with some inspirational, I don't know, quotes and movements, um, definitely on Instagram and Facebook. You can find us at The Death of a Dream, also on LinkedIn, but I think that's just me. It's just Hannah Ness. Um, But you can check out kind of some daily encouragement to go down, chase your dreams and live your best life. You can always check back here in the show notes for anything that we might have talked about at some point in the show, anything that I'm creating at this given point. I won't necessarily talk about it on the podcast every single day, but you can always find what I'm working on in the show notes. So thank you so much for listening. You, all of you, whether you listen to one episode, five minutes or five seconds, make a difference to me. And I couldn't be here doing this work if no one listened at all. So every person over one is just a bonus. And I feel extremely grateful to be a part of your day.